When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the movie Overlord. The Others gets a reboot. If you don't know what The Others is, this is actually a movie that came out in 2001. It starred Nicole Kidman. It's about these kids who actually have these photosentence-like allergic reaction to sunlight. Then, of course, they're not allowed to even open up a curtain or whatever because of the fact it does something to their skin. So I'm going to be talking about that because it's actually going to have a more of a modern day spin on it versus what they were doing at the 2001 movie where it takes place in World War II. But I'm going to get to that in a few minutes. Then I'm dropping into Hillraiser. Hillraiser is going to be getting a reboot adaptation as well. And of course, you know, before and everything, they were actually talking about remaking or rebooting it. But now it looks like the cannibalization of the fact that it's actually happening. Then Michael Roker... Uh, talked in an interview about him wanting to play another character within the MCU. So we're going to be talking about that. Gary Durberblon to direct Salem's Lot remake. And also, too, James Wan is actually the producer for this remake that's, that's actually a Stephen King adaptation. So we're going to talk about that. So let's go ahead and talk about Overlord for a minute. So Overlord is a movie that came out in 2018. I never got around to actually seeing this until last night. And don't judge me. A movie reviewer is never late nor is he early. He arrives just as he means to. And I really have to say, I enjoyed this movie a lot. And as a matter of fact, I was expecting it to be a zombie apocalypse movie within Germany. And these World uh, World War II vets from the United States is about to take down these Germans. But it's not that. It's it's uh, It's not that at all. As a matter of fact, you have these soldiers who winds up crashing into the jungle of Germany... And they actually have to make it to this tower to try and take down this tower before the actual apocalypse actually happens. And, of course, some things go awry as well. And you actually grab... What what grabbed my attention was this. The characters in this movie. It focused primarily on the characters themselves to where you can actually relate to those characters. One of those characters is a character named Boyce. Boyce is played by Joe Vaughn. Adepo, I think that's how you actually say his name. I'm sorry, but I'm not very good at pronunciations when it comes down to names. But he does such a good job at playing Boyce because of the fact that Boyce starts off, his story arc is so good, where he actually starts off as like a wimp because of the fact that he's seeing his friends die out on the battlefield. And this other guy who's like a Nicolas Cage, if this movie was actually filmed in the 90s, Nicolas Cage would actually be the person who plays this character named Ford. Ford is actually... Played by this guy named Wyatt. And let me just tell you this. This, what he is, he's a total badass. Because he's like, you need to get over that. You need to get over the fact that your friends are dying and everything else. This is war. This is what war is. And if you don't like it, you might as well just go ahead and die with them. Because of the fact that you're supposed to be a sergeant and you're not acting like a sergeant. You're acting like a pansy. And so I love that whole entire aspect where... It goes from him being a wimp to him actually taking charge and him actually building his character up. Then you actually have some other characters who might be this comedic part of the film and everything too where you actually have this one comedic 
character that's actually really good as and also two kinds of kind of a wise ass as well. But what Ford does is he goes on ahead and beats the crap out of this uh, RSS soldier because of the fact that he's trying to give find out information on where this tower is, and then of course you know. Boyce goes on ahead and goes into the basement of where the church is. He hops on the back of a back of one of the jeeps or whatever Humvees, and he winds up exploring the whole entire thing. And he winds up finding out that they're doing experiments on other people, and so happens to be that's actually what's causing the whole entire zombie apocalypse type of thing is because of the fact that they're doing experiments on these people. Now it's up to the American soldiers to go ahead and take down these Germans before the apocalypse actually happens. And I have to say, it's really good. It fo- And get this, it doesn't focus on zombies. And I'm glad it didn't focus on zombies. I thought that's what it was going to be about. I thought that's what the premise was about because that's what the trailer actually sold me on. But considering the fact they actually gave me good character development, they actually focused in and took things seriously to make it not look so cheesy, which they could have done, but they didn't. Then you also have the whole entire zombie outlook as well because of the fact that, you know, I was thinking, okay, it's going to be a horde of zombies. This is going to be just like Call of Duty Black Ops where you're playing zombies and they're going to be taking over this little town and it's up to the soldiers to go ahead and shoot every single one of these zombies. But that's not the case. So I'm glad that they didn't do that. I'm glad that they actually gave me a premise that I can actually enjoy and they focus primarily on on the war itself and everything, if you think about it. Not only that, but this also has a kind of a little bit of an Inglorious Bastards kind of feel to it and stuff like that. A little bit of a twist on Inglorious Bastards a little bit of way that it was actually filmed. But, you know, what I loved about this was the fact that, you know, like I said, you have Boyce who's actually, who's basically a wimp, but he winds up falling in love with this girl named Chloe. Chloe's actually part of one of the villagers that's in the city. And, of course, um, whenever... Whenever uh, she's hiding him, that's when the RSS soldier goes on ahead and wants to take advantage of her. And that's when Boy steps in and is like, no, this is not going to happen. And, you know, I really have to say the development of the characters is really good. Then, of course, the whole entire buildup is really good, too, where you're wondering if they're even going to make out of this situation that they're actually in or if they're all going to die. And then, of course, you, you might actually have maybe about three or maybe four zombies in this movie all together. But, you know... I have to say, the the movie was really strong. It ends very well. It ends on a high note. You have your hero that comes out of this thing. And, you know, it's not how you think it's going to end, but it's really good. It's perfectly well written, perfectly well directed. And I was actually surprised to actually know that Overlord was actually going to be this premise where I thought it was just going to be focused primarily on zombies because don't forget... You know, back in 2010, we had a slew of zombie movies to the point where I was basically fatigued of zombies. And that's coming from a guy that used to love The Walking Dead. And The Walking Dead also came in 2010, and I haven't watched this season or anything like that because I lost interest in The Walking Dead. But they actually, what this movie does is it sells you on the premise of these Soldiers trying to survive so the way they can go ahead and get their next order so the way they can bring down these Germans. And that's what I love. I love this movie. I love war movies. I love history. I'm a huge history buff. And to mix Nazis and zombies together was a perfect choice to me. 
If you haven't seen Overlord, I strongly recommend that you guys actually check it out. It's actually on Amazon Prime right now. So go ahead, check out Overlord. I think that you guys are going to find that very entertaining. But now I'm going to drop into a little bit of movie news. And that's right. The Others is actually getting a remake reboot uh, style movie mixed in with the modern day feel. And this is just me. This is how I'm seeing it and everything. Is the fact that if you actually remember the 2001 Nicole Kidman movie, like I mentioned before, it's where these kids actually have this photosynthesis type of allergy to where to sunlight to where if you even open up a curtain, they could pro- possibly die. Something could actually ba- bad actually happen. Not only that, but it also t- has this mansion like feel to it as well, where they actually live in a mansion, and you know. The bunch of creepy, haunting stuff actually happens in this mansion. And then there's a huge twist at the end of it, which I'm not going to even get into. But the twist in itself is really good. It wasn't, to me, with the twist, it wasn't forced at all. I thought it was very surprising. Not only that, but this also takes place during World War II. And for these kids to actually have this photo sentence-like allergy was something that you actually want to fear for for the children. So with them wanting to do a modern take on it, I feel like... You know, that actually it gets rid of all the the whole entire aspect of the photosynthesis allergy that they were actually doing. And then to modernize it, I think it would actually drop down my excitement for a remake or a reboot for this movie. Because of the fact that, what are you going to, how are you going to do this? How are you going to actually put this into the modern day? Especially whenever you did this through a World War II type of style. And... You know, to me, I felt a lot creepier because of the fact that you have this movie that's set up in the World War II era, but these kids are living in this mansion with their mother, and they're by themselves, all except the nanny, nannies and everything, and, you know, there's actually a lot that you can actually do with that because of the fact of how creepy it is. With it being modernized, I don't see the creepiness to it. I don't see the draw of people wanting to see a remake of The Others. But maybe if a trailer actually sells me on it, maybe I might actually be interested. But for right now, I'm just going to put a hyphen on there for maybe I might go see this movie. But I'm just I'm just one of those people where, you know, it's like uh, lackluster, if you will. Because of the fact that I don't see anything scary about putting this into the modern age. Unless they do something totally different to where it can win me over. But we're just going to have to wait and see about how, where this, actually, this is actually going to play out. I'm kind of hesitant with the way they're actually doing remakes nowadays, especially whenever they say, oh, we're going to modernize it. We're going to make it's going to be great. It's going to be 10 times better than what the original movie was and stuff like that. And then it winds up going on a total downhill spiral where it's out of control, where I just don't care about what's going on within the movie itself. So we're just going to have to wait and see. So. As I mentioned before, David uh, Buckner is to direct Hellraiser reboot, and Deadline actually reported that, and this this is what they said. They said that they wanted to go ahead, and what they were going to do is they were going to do, they, they should put some of those concerns aside as indie darling David Buckner, the ritual, has signed on to helm the new installment of for Spyglass, the franchise originally came out in 1987, which is based off of Barker's novella, The Hillbound Heart, told the story of a man who opened a door to another dimension that resoluted in th- in his body being destroyed by symbiotes, creatures from hell that, j- that grant um, pleasures to those who call upon them 
with the use of a mysterious puzzle box. The symbiotes are led by Pinhead, the face of the franchise who you would act as the main antagonist uh, in all nine sequels. The reboot was originally to be scripted and produced by David S. Goyer of Terminator Dark Fate, but now the script is being penned by Ben Collins and Luke Petrosky on a story treatment from Goyer, who is still attached to produce through his Phantom 4 banner alongside Keith Levine. Buckers broke out in two, 2007 with the well-received sci-fi horror The Signal, for which he was nominated for an Independent Spirit John Kozavitz Award and went on to contribute to the first installment of the anthology horror trilogy VHS and the accompanying anthology of TIFF. Hit Soundbound. And the Netflix supernatural thriller The Ritual, his next film, The Night House, premiered at Sundance in January to strong reviews from critics and is expected to debut later this year. Spyglass will actually finance, develop, and fast-track Hellraiser for worldwide theatrical distribution with Levine will produce alongside Goyer via the Phantom 4 banner. VP of Development and Production for Spyglass, Chris Stone, will oversee the project. So, there's that. And, you know, I was excited back in 2009 or 2010 whenever they were actually thinking about rebooting this franchise because I actually feel like Pinhead does deserve to be rebooted. I really do. I feel like Hillraiser is a great classic, cult classic, if you will, from the 1980s that actually deserves a remake. And I think a fresh take on Hillraiser will actually be beneficial. Maybe we can actually see some other movies that are... Maybe we might actually see a good franchise for once without some cheesiness like the other night, like the other Hillraiser movies and stuff like that. I would like to actually see a little bit more of a modern day thing with Hillraiser where it's actually better special effects to it. And also to maybe better dialogue for it to actually flow a little bit better. But as far as darkness goes and stuff like that with Hellraiser, just bring it on. Bring on the gore. Bring on the hell. Bring on everything that you have with Pinhead. Because Pinhead is such a dark character and stuff like that. And for them to actually want to reboot it, I'm all for it. I know that with the others, with them wanting to modernize it and stuff like that was actually because of the whole entire World War II aspect. But with them wanting to do something with this, with Pinhead, is totally different. And I know that it's been modernized a little bit because of the 1980s, but it has been modernized for a 2020 audience. And it'll be interesting how an audio, a 2020 audience will actually go ahead and see this movie or if it will actually plummet down to the ground. But I would like to actually see how the 2020 crowd would actually interact with a Hellraiser reboot or remake. So I think that would actually be something that would be actually pretty neat to actually see. We just have to wait and see about how that comes along later on whenever things start getting developed a little bit better. But as for right now and everything, I'm actually I'm excited to actually to see what's going to happen. So tell me what you guys think about that. Do you are you guys excited about a new Panhead movie? About another Hellraiser movie? Let me know because I'm I'm actually curious about what you guys have to say about that. Then of course we also have. A couple of other things that actually broke today as well. Like, for instance, we actually had the Suicide Squad and Guardians Volume 3 keeping their release dates. And like I mentioned before in the post, you know, while many films are on hiatus and suffering from the production and release setbacks due to the global pandemic, James Gunn has actually took to his Twitter account yesterday to actually confirm, hey, look, Suicide Squad 3 is keeping their release dates. 
uh, not Suicide Squad 3, but volume, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is actually keeping their release dates, and also Suicide Squad is also keeping their release dates. So I'm actually happy that we're getting to keep the release dates that James Gunn has, has done, because back in September, they were actually shooting Suicide Squad, and I believe that they're actually done filming Suicide Squad now, so therefore James can actually jump on to Volume 3 for Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm excited to see what he's actually going to do with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because I like the first two films just fine. So I'm excited for that. I know that this wasn't in my notes for tonight for me to actually talk about Suicide Squad or anything like that with the release dates or anything, but, you know, I thought it was pretty interesting to actually talk about. But... You know, this movie with Suicide Squad is going to be totally different than what we actually got with the very first Suicide Squad movie. We're actually going to have King Shark in this movie. We're going to have Harley Quinn in this movie. So, I can't wait to see the character interaction between Harley Quinn and King Shark. I think it would be interesting to see on the big screen for the very first time. So, let me go on ahead and get into some news about Michael Roker. Michael Roker opens up to play a new MCU character. And basically, it confirms what... Everybody else already knows. Number one, Wandu is already dead. There's no sense of even wanting to put him into another movie with Guardians of the Galaxy or try and do like a what-if story or whatever. Michael Roker even said, his character is done. I want to move on to something else. So, I'm paraphrasing that. But that's basically what he said. He goes, I'm done with Yondu. Yondu is dead. Let me go on ahead and play another MCU character rather than do a rehash of the same character that I once played. And I actually have respect for Michael Roker for that because of the fact that I do want to see something different other than seeing him play Yondu because there's a, there's a list of characters that he can actually play within the MCU. And, you know, I don't know what characters he can play or whatever, but, you know, I'm not one of those casting agents. I don't believe in doing fan casting or anything like that because I believe in the fact that the, the character is bigger than the actor and the actor is not bigger than the character. So... With that being said, whatever character they actually choose from, if they chose to do so, I'm going to be excited for it because it's Michael Roker. And because Michael Roker is a great actor when it comes down to his acting abilities. And I liked him in the movie Slither. I liked him as Daryl Dixon's brother Merle. And of course in the Belko experiment. The guy is just a great actor whenever you look at him with mall rats as well. So, you know, I'm excited about the fact that Michael Roker wants to do something different rather than rehash the same characters over and over again. Because who wants to see the same character do the same things over and over again? And I really don't want to see an origin story for Yondu. And I love Yondu just as much as everybody else does, but I don't want to see the same old thing over and over again. Give me something new. Give me something fresh. Show me something that the MCU is doing different. Because I really don't care if they go into a Yondu... Uh, origin story or anything like that if they ever did decide to do that. And I'm glad Michael Roker actually said, hey, look, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in playing Yondu again. Give me something different so I can admire him for that. So now I'm going to go into the whole entire thing about Gary Doberbon to direct Salem's Lot. And this movie came out in the 1970s with Salem's Lot. This is actually a book that's based off of a Stephen King novel. And of course, James not James Gunn, but James Wan is actually going to be attached to produce this movie. And I'm excited to actually know that they're actually modernizing it to a 2020 audiences. Don't get me wrong. Mike Lowell played a role in the new Stephen King's adaptation for 
Sims lot, and that's back in the 90s or early 2000s. I'm not 100% sure because I didn't even watch that one. But the one that I actually grew up on was the 1970s version of Salem's Lot. And I was creeped out, especially the part where the little kid's tapping on the window and wanting him to come in, um, wanting him to come into his brother's room. I thought that was very creepy. And also, too, the effects at that time wasn't as good as what they can do now. So for them to modernize it into a 2020 audience and everything will actually be interesting to see. And it's also something that I would love to see because I'm a huge Stephen King fan. If you haven't noticed on the channel, I've I've done several reviews on Stephen King. And for them to actually want to do a remake of a 1970s classic like Salem's Lot, I'm all for it. Give me more Stephen King properties. I want to see more of it. Because I'm never, here's the thing, I'm never tired of Stephen King. I can, I can always click on Castle Rock and watch something within that universe. I wouldn't mind the fact that they do uh, a ca- something from Castle Rock with Salem's Lot or if they do something like that. But for the whole entire thing that they actually want to, they actually know what they want to do with a Salem's Lot movie it brings a smile to my face because of the fact that we haven't seen or heard of a remake in a while for Sam's Lot. And with them doing special effects and with makeup and stuff like that, they can actually do something better. And I'm not saying the practical effects aren't great because of the fact during its time, yeah, the special effects were great. It was really spot on. I really enjoyed them. And of course, it's actually practical effects. But you can actually add in a little bit of CGI in there with some practical effects and it'll still look really good. For a 2020 audience. And I'm wondering too. If this is actually going to take place in a desert again. Or what they're actually going to be doing. But it just makes me happy and excited. That we're actually getting more Stephen King adaptations. For for movies and everything. Because of the fact that. You know we actually had It Chapter 1. We had It Chapter 2. And we also had the Pet Cemetery remake. I know that some people didn't care for it. And just said, like, in Chapter 2, nobody really cared for it Chapter 2 that much. They thought it was actually the weakest of the it chap- uh, out of ch- it Chapter 1. But, you know, I enjoyed both of those movies and everything, even though I thought that it Chapter 2 was a little bit weaker than what it Chapter 1 was. But still, it was still fun. I still enjoyed getting the crap scared out of me. And, you know, as I like I like Stephen King movies. I'm a huge fan of Stephen King books as well so there's that and then i'm also excited at the fact that you know we actually have cbs all access that's doing uh the stand remake and you know i'm glad they're modernizing it now and you actually have marilyn manson in this you have whoopi goldberg you have a bunch of other good actors and actresses in this uh tv series and i think even meth mcconaughey's in this as well so you know that's just my little take on what i think about stephen king about them wanting to adapt certain projects for stephen king adaptations and a matter of fact uh the one show that you should go on ahead and check out is the movie well the tv show uh the outsider i think that you guys would actually like that a lot so Tell me what you guys think about that. Let me know what you guys think about Overlord. Let me know what you guys think about the others being rebooted. Hellraiser being rebooted. Anything that you guys want to talk about for later on on the podcast, send me in a voicemail message, guys. Come on. Let me know what you guys have to say. Don't be silent. I like to actually know what my fans have to say. I'm, I'm excited to actually interact with everybody. This is a community where everybody can actually build each other up during this time. So if you have any questions about movies or anything at all, just go ahead and send that in. And also, too, 
you know, I would like to actually get some more uh, female fan bases and everything because it's actually turning into a little bit of a sausage party right now. So going ahead, if you have any women out there that actually like movies or whatever, share this with your friends that are of the opposite sex and everything. Spread this thing around like a virus, if you will, because I'm passionate about what I do. I care about what I have to say about movies. So until next time, bye-bye.